I get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish. Welcome to the Second Helpings Podcast. This is the podcast that posts midweek for the Weekly Dish Radio Show that you can hear on Saturdays from 9 to 11. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. And we are here. And Stephanie March, you got an opportunity to do something that a lot of Twin Cityans have been hearing about, and I can't wait to hear your take on it. You went to Gavin Kaysen's uh, third restaurant, which is called Demi. It's a small counter-style chef experience versus a full service restaurant like Spoon and Stable and it's Del full Cora's. service because you got to be careful not to say counter sound f- service full service because it is a seated I yes. you know what I mean like those are different but but it is a 20 seat tasting menu that's the key that's the key so it's 20 seats sitting around a counter chefs are in the middle it's a tasting menu meaning like you either have seven courses you buy like the seven course or the two hour experience or you buy the two and a half hour experience and you can do wine pairings you can do a couple different levels of wine pairings um, or you could go with no wine whatsoever, and you could just do your own cocktails, those kind of things. So it's really interesting. How many chefs are serving 20 people? Just out of curiosity. How many people are in the building while you're sitting there? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Um, you know, I think that there was like five or six guys behind there. Okay. Counter, but I mean, again, one of the things to be clear is that I was there at a media preview dinner. Okay. And so technically it was one of their practice runs. And so I don't know how that'll all go, but I mean, they're plating, you know, they were plating 20 plates, but also the other thing is like, we all sat at one time. So we all sat and we had the same dinner as it was served. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the ticketing goes, it will be staggered. So you might get a couple seats are going at the 530. Some might be at 540. Some might be at six. Some might be at okay. 715. So this is not a full, we're all in this together seating. You are there with your person, your two seats, your three seats, your four seats. You guys will start all together. So it's still intimate like that. Yeah. You okay. won't have to be, it won't be like where everyone is quiet because everyone's being served this moment and you're all watching it. Like somebody will get, you know, the foie gras with apple gelée over there. You may still be on the broth course. Got it. Which um, is interesting. So tell me about uh, the space. Does it feel rustic? No, it's elegant. Okay. It's not rustic at all. <laughs> In fact, that's kind of funny because it's this very old building. It's a very cool old uh, building in um, Northeast, or I'm North sorry, Loop. North Loop. And it was, uh, I want to say, wasn't it a, a coffee place or I'm just totally messing my head up. It was a it coffee was. place right near Jet Set. No, no, no. I mean, like a, a warehouse. Like it used to be an old, old, old warehouse. That I'm saying the history of the warehouse. It might have been. Before that, wasn't it a livery? Maybe like literally in the 1800s. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't know. And that's, I have to, I, there's a lot of good history with the building itself. And you can find that on the Demi Minneapolis website. Um, but the point is, is that it's one room. Like you can't, there's no bar. Like you walk in and there's a teeny bar wall actually where your bartender is, is sitting there and he says, can I get you uh, something to drink? Or, you know, would you like, a, uh, here's a wine that goes with the meal today. Or, you know, would you like something else? And so you get like a welcome cocktail. You're standing there. You're waiting to be sat. Yep. And then they sit you. And then 
this is what it is. And then you sit down at this U-shaped place. It's dark in there. There's dark blue walls, and the kitchen is lit from the center. The center of the kitchen is, that's the kitchen. There's nowhere else. Can I take pictures of my food? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be hard. But yeah, I mean, okay. I would bring a light source, although you don't want to bring a light source. Cause you don't want to have annoying. like the halo next yeah, to your neighbor. It, it is dark. And I would say that if you have night, I have uh, night sights on my Google Pixel. Because you have a better phone than awesome the Google Apple Pixel. craps. But so that, so that helps, you know what I mean? But beautiful things, beautiful plates, your courses. You have someone who takes care of you who is not a chef. You have a, you know, a sommelier or a wine steward or, or basically who is your server. But for us, there were people floating around taking care of everybody. What do you need filling your water? You know, it wasn't like you felt like you were like, oh, I wish someone would bring me water. It's a small enough space. They know. Yeah. They see your water is empty. They will pour it. And, you know, for us, the chefs came and they described the food that they were serving us. And I think that'll be the same thing where it's like you have – like if you were sitting next to me and you guys are on your Apple Foie course, then it might be Adam who comes over because that's his course and that's what he's doing. Got I, it. I don't know for sure because I haven't seen it in full regalia service. And to be truth, they only did it themselves the first time the other night. So yep. um, the big thing with this is that it is 20 seats, like we said, and it's reservations only. Like there's no chance that you're going to pop in and grab a seat at the counter. That's not going to happen. They have a wait list. It's all sold out through this end of March. Um, tickets are all gone. You can purchase tickets for the next month. So you'll be able to purchase April tickets on the 1st of March. Okay. And the, so every, it'll start up at noon, I believe, on that day, and it'll roll until they're gone. You have to prepay. Like, you have to pay right then. Yep. And that's a thing that a lot of people were kind of feeling like, oh, I got the, I grab, and you have to, if you're going to grab two seats, like, you're going to pay for it all. Yep. And then someone else, you know, if you're going with someone else, then they'll have to pay you back. But it's not a small price. This is the thing. Even though that the uh, the the two-hour experience, which is called the Barrington, I think, or uh, the menu, is um, it is $95. And that's about, that's what we were served. And it was about, it was two hours. And so there, I would say that we had about 13 courses in there. Um, between amuse-bouche and, you know, little things. And we did, uh, we also had a wine pairing with it, which would have brought the cost up. Um, if you do the extended, the Whitney menu, the AC Whitney menu, I think it's like $125, which is, you know. Okay. But that's without pairings. Also, you are paying tax. You are paying a hospitality charge. You are paying, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the big thing was what came out, you know, a lot of the media before everything started rolling, when they first started offering tickets, was this sort of um, feeling that their their possibility was that you could spend $620 for two people to have dinner. And that sort of, you know, City Pages likes to... And I, their Flame. audience, yeah, their audience yeah. tends to be the budget kids anyway. So of course that seems like that would be absurd. Um, but there are some other people who threw some weird comparisons out there of like, you know, sort of, sort of throwing the shade at how much, you know, giving the sneer and the side eye to like, how could you pay that much for a dinner? And sort of feeling this weird thing. And I wrote a piece in MSV Mag because I really felt that. I don't, I, I'm always on the side of let's stop devaluing food. Let's just stop it. Let's just stop saying that everything should be $5, $5 foot long. Here, here. And, and it, it, if you're going to have an experience like that, yeah. you would have no problem spending $125 to go to the Rolling Stones concert per ticket. That's exactly what I wrote. I exactly wrote that <coughs> people regularly buy t- the, do you know the starting ticket price for Vikings games is $183. I, I would never no. pay for that. I would the fact now that I see people sitting in Viking seats and I think did you really pay 
more than 180 bucks for that? But you that is ridiculous. I was just going to say, but you wouldn't judge them either, but right. you just did. No, no, no. But I'm saying like, if I was doing that, like that would be my metric. Yeah. But my point is, I get it. Like, I get that that is a moment that you are celebrating and enjoying and having fun with. And that's like, that's your moment and you're in it. I spent, I think, like, I bought my husband and I tickets to a wild game this year for a gift for him to take him. I think I spent $300 between yeah. our two seats and certainly for the beers that we bought and our food. It was like a $300 night and he had a great time. It was a special event for us because I like to take him to a game every once in a blue moon because yeah. he won't buy tickets himself. Right. But. I mean, it wasn't cheap. No. And this is the thing. is like, you know, there are people, yeah, people pay for front row seats. Billy Joel, 250 bucks is your minimum price. And you're doing that because it's a once in a lifetime experience. Right. I would do this at Demi in a minute. And this is where we have to understand that we don't have the big halls of fine dining anymore. We just don't. We don't have La Belle Vie to do tasty menus in like a room that seats, you know, 100 people. We don't right. have that. And piccolo and, clothes. Right. But that's because they didn't, there wasn't that level of you can't feed that many people doing that so we've lost this sort of edge of pushing the envelope with dishes and so what i am saying is that this is maybe how this works it's a smaller venue it's limited hours it doesn't cost the labor of you don't have like a fleet of servers in the fleet of kitchen people right there literally are the chefs who are working there they're all there and then there's the wine captains and they're being paid to do what they're doing they're all being paid, you know, and it's all great, but it's only Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's only a couple seatings. I like this way of doing it. And I think that this is the way this is going to work. And so, yeah, it's going to be more expensive and maybe that's elitist, but nobody says Vikings games are elitist. Like, right. it's different. And that's why, to me, the problem is that we assign, because we have access to food every day, because you can make yourself a peanut butter sandwich, you know, every day, and that fuels you and that satisfies you and you can move on. It's harder for the general public to see why you would ever pay you can make yourself a tuna salad why would you ever pay for some guy three hundred dollars for a tiny bite of a piece of tuna with like a piece of celery and a mayonnaise blah yeah and i get it i get that that's different but that's also a very generalized idea of what is going on the same way i could say well my kid throws a football in the yard why would i ever go sit at the vikings game when you got done with your experience were you full i was um i was but i don't this is another thing that I think is a strange way that people need to feel full. <laughs> well, because sometimes after dining, I I will just totally do a full confession here. I have been to the Travail dinner like three times, and it was spectacular. It is a food circus. It's delicious. It's lovely. It's fun. I would go again in a minute. But there was the second time where I went, where I was like, okay, I have to. I think stop stop at Taco Bell on the way home because I'm still hungry, and I don't care that I was still hungry. But I felt like, wow, this really says something about me that I just had this beautiful multi-course meal and now I'm just going to shove two tacos into my face on the way home. Yeah, I don't. And I guess I've it's hard. I've always kind of I understand when people have that argument or when they feel that way. And especially because they feel like they're getting if they're shelling out 100 bucks, they should be they should be full. You know what I mean? Like they want their money's worth. And I just think um, it's the same thing to me in terms of if I go to a museum and I pay an entrance fee to look at beautiful things. Do I feel like I have to go to a movie afterwards? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It is weird. And I felt bad. I mostly, I wasn't blaming Travail that I was still hungry. I was just blaming myself for my endless bottomless stomach pit. And I don't think you need to blame anybody. (laughs) There shouldn't be shaming. But I do. But I do think that there's a level of uh, understanding that it's not a, I don't need, I in fact, 
I hate like having to lean back and be like, oh, I can't eat. Like that to me is the fail. There are, I don't want that. We have had some dinners where you and I have been together. I could think of a pork dinner or a two, a few, yeah. where afterwards you're just like, I am so uncomfortable. Yeah. I just can't wait to get in my car and that unbutton my pants. That to me 100% worse than being hungry. Yeah. Than feeling like I can't wait for my next moment of food. I I don't, that to me is the bigger sin. So I don't, so I, I may be bad for that metric, but I understand value. And, but again, this is not about a value proposition and you're not going there often enough to then be like, well, I'm never going back again because I didn't, I had to go to Taco Bell. Yeah. That's not it. Were you like, was there a dish that you had or two where, I mean, I think he's a phenomenal chef. I also think there's a lot of wonderful chefs in town Yeah, and having an amazing meal can be a lot of things. Sometimes it isn't just the food. Sometimes it's the environment. Sometimes it's your mood. Sometimes it's what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like, wow, this was just the cream of the crop? I don't I, I don't think that's a fair judgment. I don't think that we need to put crowns on anybody as being the one true ring. You know, I think like for me, uh, you know, Kato Namisa does this exact same thing. They have a kaiseki. They have a $300 dinner that you sit down to and it's coursed and it's beautiful and it's totally different. It's completely Japanese and there will be people who go, what the heck? That's like weird oily mackerel and they will freak out and hate it that doesn't mean it's bad yeah i get what you're saying it you can't say that that's my thing but i get like for me the hospitality of demi was beautiful and wonderful and then and you know if i was at travail and eating their stuff and having their brand of hospitality which is you know rollicking and fun and it's winky and we're doing sake bombs together and i feel included and i feel like i'm having it's almost impossible to not have a good time at Travail yeah. for the, that same course tasting menu. But at Demi, it was elegant. And it was, you know, you felt that like warm hug of hospitality, which was careful. And it was about taking care of you. And it was intentionally that like appeals soft. To me. It's very, it's elegant. And that's okay. And I just want to say, the the some of the feedback I'd seen and and got from after writing that was people were like, well, you know, I can eat as well in the suburbs or I can eat at, you know, Let's just say hula hands and and just as well. Why would I ever go do that? It's not like, the point. And the thing is, is like, why can't we have both? My thing we is, we can, we can, and we do. But it and seems, we should. But the deal is that people get so angry about it because it's there. It's and I, I'm just gonna say jealousy, and I don't mean it. Other than we are in this place where we're sort of feeling like everybody should have be able to have everything. And I we want to have true. an egalitarian socialist society, but that isn't the way it's going. Well. I don't and maybe that's me and I'm a capitalist. I am, but I also believe that there are things that I don't get to have. I don't have I don't get to have a private uh helicopter. So I don't get to do, you know, do yeah. those things. That doesn't mean that nobody should have one. That doesn't in my mind, I don't believe that it's like everybody should have everything equal and they all get it because that also then doesn't spur any inspiration. There's no beauty. There's, you know, it doesn't make, if everything is equal, then nothing is special. And it devalues also the craft of making a, you know, $2 taco that is like revelatory, which happens all the time. Right. If you think that your taco situation in town is, you know, good enough, it is. But you know why it is? It's because upper level other people who had great technique and skill and everything helped create the culture that then values that. And then that brings forth better taco makers other than the American 
hard shell with br- yellow cheese and you know tomatoes like sad that's, lettuce yeah like yeah. like the idea that someone became value you know would value these things and have interest in them and put money towards them and all that stuff is beautiful because of the food culture and so let it grow in the ways that it needs to grow and i do think it's a like we don't need to have a two dollar taco and just i mean a two dollar taco and love it and have this like bright smoky chili arbol sauce and like everything that could make that a homemade tortilla that amazing two dollar taco amazing doesn't it shouldn't be like an equivalency of the four hundred dollar dinner or that beautiful piece of pork belly yeah. or whatever it is it's not the same and why does it have to be but this is there's people out there who believe it should be it's the same thing because they access food like that. because it's food it's food and if I it was food every day so leather why? sandals right Nobody would be like, oh, you pay how many, how much money for a Jimmy Choo? Yeah. You can still get a pretty well-constructed Nine West Choo. Right. I don't, and that's, uh, like, for me, I don't understand when people pay $100 for a t-shirt. Like, I don't get that. I never will. Like, that is against everything. But do, does that mean that I feel like we need to burn all the $100 t-shirts? Yeah. Oh. And the, the car. Like, really, be honest. Like, if I, I have a Volvo, could I also have a Chevy Malibu and still get to where I need to go and have a good cup holders and the things I care about in the car? Yes, I could. I could have saved probably however many thousands of dollars. Right. But And one of the things, the last things that I will say that really came to me after I wrote this and was interesting, the amount of money that is spent uh, on – that gets donated to charity because of these high-end places is actually – is an undersung amount. For instance, Belcor, I know, for instance, that they – somebody had uh, had volunteered to do a boat trip around Lake Minnetonka, and then they would stop, and they would have a dinner at Belcor, and Belcor – was paying for half and this other couple was paying for half, I feel like. But it was because it was this ritzy sort of, you know, it's definitely a higher end thing. The value of it is higher. The bid for that went to $11,000 for the charity. So like that wouldn't happen if that wasn't there. If you think about it, no one was going to bid $11,000 for a night eating at like the salad company or you know what I mean? Or like the hot dog shop. And so that's my point is like there's a lot of things that do happen that you don't know that are good because of this sort of like there's a lot of trickle down from this. And besides people having jobs and making a living wage and making a lot of money as servers in the industry, like without having to go to college and having all that kind of debt. All of that is is totally buffeted by finer dining aspects. And I just don't think that we should discount it. No, not at all. And this has been a really good conversation to think about that. And I just, good for Gavin Kaysen. Good for his employees. Good for the next person that comes along and learns something from him or was inspired by him. He's a very generous man. He's done a lot of good for this town. He's um, done a ton for charity. I mean, University of Minnesota Cancer Research, he has just done an incredible amount of charity driving for them. So, hooray. Yeah. Uh, that is Demi, That's and that Demi. is this edition of Second Helping. I don't know that I'll get to Demi for a long time. You might not. No, it might um, take you a while. But someday, and then I will, I'm sure, feel the exact same way that you did, which is I will love every minute of it. We'll uh, see you on the next Second Helpings.